This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast. This podcast is creating a behind-the-scenes look with athletic coaches, mental coaches, and life coaches as we try to give you new ways, thoughts, and ideas to better your life. My goal is for you to discover what's possible in your own life. Whether you wish to create an amazing career or you're looking to solve specific issues within your life, these episodes will give you the tools you need to take your life to the next level. Now allow yourself a break from everyday chaos and let us step into your world and help you become a better version of yourself each day. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Hey everyone and thanks for listening to Never in my wildest dreams podcast. Looking forward to today's show. Last week was a little bit about being sucker punched, about having a real crappy week. Not talking about that this week. It's going to be a much more positive, upbeat conversation coming off of a great spring break. Got to watch a lot of great baseball, make memories, have an enjoyable time with family and loved ones during that spring break celebrating Easter. So I thought today going off of a little bit of the Easter, the resurrection, the thought process by which we have new life, new salvation, We could start talking about something that I try to bring up a lot, and that something is thinking big. And this is something I've tried to talk about on the podcast here before, but I want to keep reiterating this. I want to keep coming at it from different angles, and one of the reasons why I like to talk about it so much is because the profound skill it requires in terms of your own emotional management to think big for yourself and have big dreams. I think it's one of the most important things that we can do as a human species is to think beyond our current circumstances because I think that's the only way that we ever evolve. That's the only way that we'll ever achieve our greatness or create the life that we really want. If you think about all of our ancestors, aren't you glad many of them thought big to create big things in this world? I like to look and think about what our world looks like right now and think about that as being the result of people thinking beyond what they're currently doing to want something better for themselves and those around them. What will our own personal lives create? What will be the result in our personal lives that will come from us thinking outside of the box, coloring outside of the box and thinking much bigger than ourselves? I literally was just having this conversation yesterday and it was talking about how we were raised. And I'm not talking about just my parents. I'm talking about society as a whole. Sonia and I were having this conversation on a walk when it was gorgeous outside, just went out, fresh air, sunshine, walking and talking, um, which has actually become one of my most favorite things to do. I really enjoy that time that we have that we can just kind of go and veg out together and just kind of talk about anything and everything. But the thing that we talked about the most was our generation were almost told that we were inadequate all the time to actually achieve big things. Don't dream too big because you're never going to get there. I think an entire generation of adults told us that we were only ever going to live inside this little box that they were creating And what has happened is that now the box has been shattered and we're telling people, like I'm telling people every single day, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And I think that I am capable of a hell of a lot more than what I'm doing right now. I mean, I know that I am because 
I know what's inside of me. I know what makes me tick. I know what makes me want to be a better person and a better professional. And it's not playing in the sandbox that society talks about. You know, this nine to five, 40 hour work week thing, that's a joke. I don't know where they thought that was going to be something that actually needs to stay into play. Because right now, most people might work 40 hours a week at their own pace or at their own time, be much more successful, be more creative, get things done better, and be one thing that they definitely need to be in order to be a good employee and good for themselves and their family. That's a hell of a lot happier. Because when you can work at your own pace and still get the results that your boss wants you to get sitting at a desk from nine to five, you're going to be a much happier employee, which means that work is going to be better. Your family life is going to be better. Everything around you is going to be at a different clip, a different pace of happiness. And I think that we as a society have somewhere lost that. And I think that we need to start getting back to that because people wake up every single day and go to work and are absolutely miserable at their jobs. I mean, let's look at yesterday and talk about what happened in Louisville. They're going to fire that employee. He finds out he's getting fired. He goes in, unloads on people because he had just had enough. Multiple people dead. And this is the 100th day or we're around the 100th day in the new year. That's the 146th mass shooting in the United States this year. And I'm not getting on that political bandbox or I'm not going to talk on that soapbox about any of that stuff, but I'm just bringing up from the standpoint that people hate going to their jobs now. And you can definitely see it in society that people are a lot more miserable going to work today than they were a decade ago. So now that I've kind of opened up Pandora's box a little bit, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why people don't have big goals. It's pretty simple. They don't feel adequate that they're ever going to meet their dreams. And when they don't, they don't want to deal with the mental bullshit of saying that they had to fail. So the lesser the dream, you achieve it, kind of have a little quick pat on the back, feel good about yourself. But really, all you're doing is placating to the BS that sits between your ears that you're not good enough. But even though you feel like you accomplished that little goal that you set out to and you're happy for a couple seconds, it feels a heck of a lot better than it does if you have this huge goal. This thing could blow it out of the water, could be generational changing for you and your family. But if you don't go after it and you don't achieve it, you're going to feel a lot worse. You just don't even want to chase that rabbit, right? You don't even want to go get it. I am doing this to myself as we speak, and this is the medicine piece that I'm talking about. I got to listen to myself a little bit because I want to go do something that is going to be generationally changing for my family and allow them the freedoms financially to be able to chase their dreams because they're going to have not a safety net, But they're going to have the ability to sit back and see somebody chase it the whole way down and get to it. And with that confidence, then they're going to be able to go do the exact same for themselves. 
and I've tried this a ton as a coach. You know, you talk about things, you set impossible goals, but you're going to try to chase those things down. And one of the most profound things that I've done is when you help people set goals, the dedication to those goals, in spite of the fact that they might not ever achieve the actual perfection of the goal or the goal itself, is how we can start training our brain to have the resistance to wanting to achieve it because it's absolutely impossible. I mean, it's one of those things where I, I've done it um, my entire life and, I, and it's something that was bad for me. And I think it's also been bad for a whole lot of people. And I'm trying to change my brain in that capacity is I want to prove you wrong because you said I couldn't do something. Okay. Yes, it's a motivator. Yes, it's taken the top probably one percenters of the world in their respected field, whether it's athletics, business, whatever, to say, oh, you said I couldn't do this, watch me. I think where we get lost in society is we become spiteful and we become angry because we're chasing this thing down and we become hyper-focused, which isn't a bad thing, but hyper-focused in the fact that everything else goes by the wayside except for proving somebody wrong. I'm going to challenge you, instead of proving somebody wrong, why don't you take those couple people in your life who are in your corner every single day and prove them right? And if they don't have the same dreams that you do and they don't support the dreams that you have, and they're not the right people. And those individuals don't need to be around. I'm not saying prove them wrong. I'm saying find the two or three and prove those dudes right. Because they're going to be the ones that make this a hell of a lot more enjoyable to go after than having to prove somebody wrong just to achieve your own personal dream. One of the hardest lessons I've learned is what's impossible right now is possible later oftentimes. So believing in something that's currently impossible is what makes us change the world, change our own personal world, change our lives. I'm going to talk about some of the benefits of thinking big. Then I'm going to talk about how we're going to do this. The first thing that thinking big does is it generates power and strength when you do it right. And here's what I mean by that. When you think big for yourself, when you believe in that dream that's so big for yourself, it requires the skill of believing in you. It requires the skill of believing in possibility and believing in things beyond our current control and current programming in our mind. And this requires effort and skill. The better we get at believing things are not yet true, the better we will be at believing things are not yet true. That's how we're able to create extraordinary results in our lives because we have learned the skill to mentally do this for ourselves. And I know a lot of this firsthand when I've had to battle through things and come back from holes that I dug myself into massive craters that I've dug myself into and had to climb back out, sometimes with my tail between my legs. But overcoming those things in my life have allowed me 
to look at things differently and tell somebody it's impossible, yet I also believed in the possibility of myself. Every single time somebody looked at me and said, you won't coach again. You won't be happy again. You won't have a family again. You're not smart enough. You did this to yourself. Suffer through it. I fought all that to get back to the seat that I'm currently sitting in today. That if you would have told me 10 years ago, I would have X, Y, and Z going on in my life, I would have laughed at you. Matter of fact, I probably would have said, hey, you want to grab a beer and we can have a conversation about this because I'm more intrigued to see what bullshit you're throwing my way because that's never going to be me. That's something I'm never going to be able to truly accomplish because I had this thought that I wasn't good enough or deserving enough to get the things that I currently have in my life because I was around all the wrong people. I was listening to the wrong people. They were the ones that were filling my head with you're not capable of. And instead of getting away from those people, I went down a spiral. Now I know and I'm telling you that if you got people like that in your life, get the hell away from them as soon as possible. Because the only thing they're going to do is become a leech and they're going to drag you down. And I'll be honest with you, I know firsthand because I lived it. When somebody can't do something they will tell you you can't do it to shoot you down. It has nothing to do with you or the way you think. It has to do with the exact fact that they aren't capable of doing what you're getting ready to do, and it bothers them. They might think there's evidence against changing to to try something new or to become better at something, but that's why 98% of the people in this country never change because all they do is look at the evidence Instead of looking at the possibility or the probability and the belief and practicing in believing in that. The second thing that thinking big does is it threatens our current identity, which sounds like a horrible thing. And for most, it may have been a horrible thing. But what I'm trying to get at is this. Let's just say you're very successful at your current business or at what you do for a living but you want more. What you're doing that got you to the place that you're sitting at right now will not be what you need to do in order to get to where you want to go. Let's use this as an example. Let's just say you're in sales, okay? And last year you sold $300,000 in sales, whatever you sell, all right? But your goal next year is a million dollars. It is not possible for you to do exactly what you did in a 12-month calendar window to obtain 300000 and think that you're going to do the same shit and get a million. This is not possible. You have to change your entire identity. And you have to think like a million-dollar salesperson, like a CEO of a company. And you have to punch the clock that way. Not 40 hours a week. You have to be smarter about how you punch the clock. And how to change yourself because you're going to get the million. It's just, are you allowing yourself mentally to be that million dollar salesperson? And to be completely honest with you, because I did sales for a while, this can be excruciating. 
it's actually extremely difficult because we've created this identity around what we've done and how we've got there. But what we have to do now is let go of that in order to create the identity for the future, which in a salesperson's world or anything creates uncertainty, which makes you worry about stuff, makes you not trust what you're feeling about what you're capable of doing. So what do we do then? We start repeating ourselves. Go back to what we used to do because of the certainty of it, because of the confidence of it, and the ability that we had at that level. But here's the problem. And I'm just saying it pretty frank. This makes a very happy brain because we're already there. If you Look, if you're content with selling $300,000 a year, knock yourself out. If your family's comfortable living that way, but if it's eating you on the inside and you want to be something a lot better than what you currently are right now, you need to know that you can't have a happy brain all the time because the uncertainty is chasing down and changing who you are to become something even bigger that you know is out there but you're just afraid to go after it. The brain loves to lie in certainty. It loves to just know that everything's the same because it feels safe. But when we set a goal that is way beyond the expectation that our brain has the capacity for, it makes our brain extremely nervous. It creates a lot of stress because it threatens our own current identity, which is currently safe. But I always want to encourage you to threaten your identity as often as possible especially if you want to grow. Be willing to give up who you are right now for who you want to be in the future. I've had a ton of people say to me, why aren't you just content? Why can't you just like the level of success that you're currently having? For me at this point, it's not even tolerable. I am at the point in my life where I want to continue to grow. I've been in therapy for three and a half years now and the growth from where I started to where I'm at now is leaps and bounds and it's almost become a thing where I want to continue to grow and push myself to become a better version of me and that wanting to grow has forced me to change who I am and who I was because the person that I was I absolutely hated and I'm currently happy being the person that I am now. Extremely happy. And I want to continue to be happier, which means I have to keep pushing myself every single day to be a better version of me. And I've decided to take very good care of myself and those around me. Take time off and maybe not rush into some future land that's better than the current one that I'm in. But I always ask myself this question, how can I make my life better and stretch the edges of what I have with those people so that our lives become better, so that our life becomes super fun? Thinking big requires more time. One of the things that I've always recommended is that people who have big goals need to understand it's going to take time to get to those goals. Thinking big is not a next week thing. It might not be a next year thing. You might be looking two, three, five, ten years down the line to get to the ultimate one 
but you gotta love the process every single day to achieve that very large goal. But here's the question that you must ask yourself. Are you willing to enjoy the anticipation, even if it's that long away, that threatens your current identity? Which asks more of me at a much higher level is, am I willing to do this? Is this more intriguing and more exciting for me to be alive this way than it is to just be mediocre? Chasing a quick dollar is very stressful. If you're in a hurry to achieve goals, it's because you think it's better there than it is here. I promise you that it's not. It's not always 50-50, so better in some areas. But you're still going to have to face the worst in the other areas, and that's okay. That's part of it. It's different. What is thinking big? One thing that I really want to be clear about that thinking big is not just thinking in increments. It's not just thinking in better. It's thinking in so much better that it's different. When you think about your current business or what you're working on, you think about 10 times in that business. That's thinking big. When you think about weight loss, it's not just about losing 10 pounds. It's getting to the goal weight that you're trying to achieve which for some of us seems so extraordinarily far away, like we can't even wrap our mind around it. I often try to tell my students, when you're setting goals for yourself, why not set goals to be exactly where you want it and give yourself time to get to those goals? People most often are not willing to wait that long because they don't want to be in a place where it's not as good as right now, even though it could be much better when you get there. That's always the kiss of death for most dreams. It's always the kiss of death for most goals when you're in such a hurry to get there that you're willing to claw your way and struggle your way there, hoping that it will be better once you arrive, only to find out that it's not. I think that lifetime dreams versus one-year dreams are really important and very important to distinguish between. You must understand that your lifelong dream, your 25-year dream, your 10-year dream is what requires you to think on a much creative level. One-year dream immediately gets you into tactics versus strategy. If you have a dream that you need to accomplish in a year, you have so many hows that are going to be going on in your head. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? When you have a goal that is 10 years from now, you can think on a much higher level. You can think more in terms of identity and who will be there when you achieve this dream and how you're going to act from that place versus when you think about your one-year goal, it's more about, okay, how many clients do I need or what does my job need to look like? How much money do I need to charge? Because it's so close that you can touch it. And it kind of shifts you out of changing your identity and more into daily behaviors. Both are important, but a lot of people just do short-term goals and miss out on the long-term goals, which are really the identity-shaking goals. Now, when you shake your identity, when you change your identity, it makes the day-to-day -day tactics, it makes the everyday so much easier because you're already thinking on such a higher caliber level that being able to execute on a lower level, things become so much easier. It also becomes easier to stay motivated when you have short failure, shortcoming failures, and temporary failures when you're thinking from your big future. 
your recognition that you have short-term failures aren't really an issue, you're going to look back on those and kind of wink at them as little speed bumps that you come across. They're not going to be so big. Right now, they feel big because compared to your smaller goals, they are huge. But compared to the bigger goals in your life, they mean very little. That's been one of the things that I'm trying to be better about moving forward is always thinking big. To always think about my life in a way that expands my brain and expands my level of thinking and my strategic thinking. I always want to encourage you, though, to enjoy your big thinking now. It's different than fantasizing about it. There's this wouldn't it be nice kind of daydreaming, which is fun, but it usually is accompanied with low-grade disappointment that will never happen when you're in fantasy land. What I want to encourage you to do is practice and do is think big and then practice believing it, practice feeling it, practice acting on it now. How would you feel and how would you act from that future place of accomplishing it. If you believe in it no matter what, how would you behave now? Notice you wouldn't be in such a hurry. You wouldn't be so nervous. You wouldn't be so stressed out about all the little things that are going on because you could always just hang on your confidence on the future place that you have practiced believing you will someday arrive at and you recognize that little things like day-to-day aren't worth getting upset over. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about trading this moment for a future moment. That's not at all what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is enjoying this moment more because we have to think big, because we have a big goal in the future, because we're acting and feeling it right now. Remember, your future only exists in your mind right now. That's the only place it can ever exist. When people say to me, but what about the present moment? I am in the present moment, but I'm also thinking about the future moment and enjoying the possibility of that future moment in this present thought moment. The way that you know you're doing this right is because it feels amazing. When you believe in the possibility of seeing something in your future, you get to enjoy it right now. For example, I often think about going and sitting at the beach with my family and on vacation. Even though that might be months away, I still have that exact feeling right now of what it's going to be like to put my butt in a seat, put a beer in my hand, the toes between my sand, the water coming up over my feet, listening to some summer beach tunes. The enjoyment is right there and you can feel it. But the anticipation to get to that is also part of the mental journey. Being present now with conscious thinking of a deliberate future is a skill. This is the thing that we want to practice and that we want to do so that we're using the highest part of our brain, our prefrontal, to manage our future from our present, enjoy our future from our present, create a deliberate and conscious life. When I talk with many of my students, I try to get them to eliminate the reality of now and take a step back and look at where their life currently is and get them to understand that the current evidence of their life is a reflection of prior thinking and planning. If you look back to how you were thinking five years ago about your life, you will find evidence of it right now, good or bad, 
and your current present day. But when you expand your mind and your goals, you also expand the way that you see yourself. The way you see and think about yourself, which is ultimately going to be the determination of your self-esteem, which then determines your confidence. Of course, the higher your self-esteem, the higher your confidence, the easier it will be to produce at a higher level. How you see yourself and your life will change what you feel and do at this exact moment. I want to encourage you to think in different ways. Don't think the same old thing and try to improve incrementally on that thing. Expand your brain to think 10 years from now or bigger. Thinking big requires creativity. Thinking small only requires us to follow what has already been done and ask for only directions. Thinking big is a creative force that drives new pathways that other people can follow. It's you being a leader, not only in your own life, but one that other people can follow to improve their human existence. To be able to chart new ways comes from thinking bigger and living from the bigger part of yourself. If you want to stretch your mind, you want to reach out and find new sources of information instead of always what's already been done. The phrase is, we've always done it that way, kills businesses, kills lives. You need to be able to stretch and think outside of the box. You can follow what's already been done in somebody else's life and make it better. That's fine. But thinking big is a different skill set. It's a different way of looking at your own life, your own self. That's where the confidence comes from. If you copy what someone else did exactly and you're successful, you will gain some confidence based on that formula. When you create the new pathway and follow that, you create an even higher level of confidence based on your skill sets of creating confidence and your value of yourself by doing something totally for you. You'll no longer be dependent on anything outside of you. You'll be dependent only on your ability to create new ideas, dreams, and believing in them. The reason why thinking big is a skill you should develop is because it's so important. You're important. It matters. You matter. Don't just flow along with what's already there. Make your mark. Carve out your space and do it deliberately. And finally, thinking big drives massive action. Massive action is taking action until you get the result that you want. It does not mean being frantic. It does not mean working more than 40 hours in a week. It does not mean stressing yourself out. It just means that you keep acting, you keep behaving until you get the result that you want. It may take longer than you anticipate, and that's okay. You just need to keep taking action. The only way you'll keep taking action is if you keep believing, believing in you. We quit when we stop believing in the possibility of the dream. Can you keep believing in your 10-year goal when all the evidence today is fighting against you? When the answer is yes, you will have so many more strategic byproducts from the belief than you ever thought you could have when you just have small goals. You want to approach your goal with the belief in it first. You thought big. You believed big and you have to keep thinking big as you take the smaller actions in everyday life to obtain the big goal. 
you will have to experiment and you will have to guess at how something might need to be done. You have to try it many, many times along the way to get that very big goal. Will you fail? Absolutely. Will you have to take another guess? Absolutely. But you'll learn as you go. This is your scientific method. You make the hypothesis. You make the educated guess and you try it. If it doesn't work, you at least learn something. Then you try something different. Then you try something different until you get it right. Because as you do the scientific process and try new things and take massive action, you will not only get closer to that goal, closer to achieving it, you will learn the skill of believing in you. You will also develop strength and power and confidence. At the end of the day, it won't matter as much whether you achieve the goal or not. It would matter as much as how you can check it off your to-do list of growing. What matters is this. Did you believe in you when you had no reason to believe? Did you gain confidence when the world didn't provide you with the evidence that you should? This is true freedom. This is when you can manage yourself and your emotional life and your desires, your dreams, beliefs, despite what's going on in the world around you. That's the way we enact change. That's the way we change our identity. I hope you guys have learned a little bit from this and gained some confidence in yourself because listening back to this as I talk to you about it is further engaging me in the thought of what I'm going to be able to accomplish in the next 5, 10, 15, and 20 years of my life. Thank you for listening to Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.